And the hits just keep on coming. We started this series last week, and so if you did not catch that, I would uh, encourage you to get on our YouTube channel, and you can catch up there. Um, Maybe this is you right now. Maybe you're in a place, maybe you're watching right now. In fact, maybe you're not here today because the hits just keep on coming, and you just couldn't bring yourself uh, to to come in-house today, but you're watching somewhere online. You know, the hits just keep on coming. I was thinking about this um, when I was in school, when I was in junior high, I, I grew to the height that, that I am right now. I might have I grown an inch uh, in high school, but for the most part, when I was in junior high, I got to be six foot tall, and, uh, and so I was, you know, a, a big kid at that time, and, and I was pretty athletic, and so, um, you know, junior high football, I, I lived for football. I, I loved football. In fact, I, I, I love basketball too, but I, I, I grew up with a ball in my hands. I loved it. I, I, in fact, love might not even be the correct term for it. it I, I just, it was, it was consuming to me. I loved it. I loved it, and I was pretty good at it, and, uh, and so when I got out of eighth grade, coming into ninth grade, I was a freshman, and uh, that year, um, we had a very good athletic senior class and uh, a bunch of studs uh, in, that, in that senior class. And so um, one of the drills that we would do was for linebackers, which I was, and, uh, and, and it was a drill where um, all of the, the, the players would, would get in a line and, and the coach would, would let them go. He would blow the whistle and let them go past him. And, uh, and their whole goal was to knock the person down, uh, which in this case was me. And, uh, and so I was like, game on. And, it was, and, and basically what we were supposed to do is when they, came at, when, when they came at me, I was to give them a forearm shiver. So as a linebacker, the way that we got rid of blockers is we would just give them a forearm shiver. And, uh, and so all of these guys, you know, they're supposed to wait till the coach tells them to go before they can go. And so I'm chucking them off, and I'm, I'm chucking them off, and, and, you know, I'm a freshman. They're seniors. They're bigger than I am. And uh, I'm like, bring it, you know, bring it. I'm, I'll take you out. And, uh, well, pretty soon they started ignoring the coach's uh, cues, so they're coming at me faster than I can get rid of them, right? And finally, after about seven of them, they knocked me on my butt. The hits just kept on coming, and finally, in fact, that's what you feel like right now, isn't it? They just keep on coming. And you know what? The first few, you were, you were giving them the forearm shiver. You were able to, you were able to shake it off. And, but the last couple, it's like, I... I I just can't any. I'm just, I, I, God, I'm so confused about you. And, and you ever been in a place where, where it's like, okay, I, I'm confused. In, in fact, maybe you're not even sure how faith actually works with, with all of that and, 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 and how does God work in the middle of that. And, and if God was good, then why is this happening to me? And why do the hits just keep on Coming and, and we sang a couple songs this morning about, about God being good and, and coming back to this place because being, being, you know, having the hits keep on coming and, and going through suffering, it squeezes us in a, in, a, in a way that, 
it reveals to us where our faith is. And, and it reveals who our faith is actually in, whether it's in circumstances, whether our faith is based in feelings. And so this morning, I want to do what I did last week. I want to give you the bottom line in case another steam engine comes by. You can just, you'll know what we were talking about. Whether we see it or not, God is working through the bad for good, for our good, for others' good. That God is working, and whether we even see it or not, whether we feel it or not, God is weaving his story, our story, into the middle of his story, his sovereign story. And the reason that I know that this is true is I can look in Scripture, I can open it up, and I see thousands and thousands of years of looking back of how God, in the middle of, of their stories, of individual stories, when they had no idea what was going on, they had no idea what God was doing, and they were just as confused as you and I sometimes are very perplexed and have no idea what God is doing, we get to look back and see how God used their story to weave it into the story of God. See, we're all prone to put our faith in things that were never meant to hold us. There's a defect in you, and there's a defect in me, and it, there's a defect in all of us. We are all prone to put our faith in things that were never meant to hold us. Sometimes we want to extract out of people something that we should never, ever extract out of people, and it, and it leaves us confused. It leaves us in the middle of the hits coming. Sometimes we run in the wrong directions. I love this quote by Christine Kane. She says, people cannot give you what only God can give you. Sometimes we want to we extract out of people something they actually can't even do for us. People can't do for you what only God can do for you. People cannot love you in a way that only God loves you. People cannot know you as God only knows you. Don't try to get from people what you can only get from God. I love that. See, we, we run sometimes in the wrong directions and, and suffering, we it reveals where our, our faith is, and sometimes we make the suffering worse because we're trying to extract out of people something that only God can do for us, something only God can give us, and sometimes only God could know us in that way. You see, as Christians, we can get caught in what I would call the prosperity gospel. If I have enough faith, then God is forced to make it better. You ever seen the prosperity gospel? You, anybody on Facebook? If you share this, then God's going to give you a miracle. What? If you share this four times, you'll see a deposit in your bank account. What? That's prosperity gospel. That. That's, if I have enough faith, when I get into the Walmart parking lot, then there's going to be a parking spot next to the door. That's why some of you don't believe in God. Because you think that's the way these crazy Christians think. And some do. 
I don't know why they do. You would think after living enough life and realizing with experience that it doesn't work that way, that you would be like, I don't think God works that way. But some people just keep on going. They just keep on going. And, and you're like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe is that how it works? If I just have enough faith, my life will go up and to the right. Isn't that the American way? Isn't that the American spirituality? Isn't that the way? If you have enough faith, then your life will get better. It will come up and to the right. Everything will smooth out if I have enough faith. Where's that promise? It's not there. See, Faith is believing that God is who he says he is and he'll do everything he's promised to do. He hasn't promised that our life will go up and to the right. It's not one of the promises. The promise last week that he will be with us in no matter what our circumstances, whether our life is going up and to the right or whether our life is going down and to the left. And today, that God will, he will use the circumstances that come into our life because we live under this umbrella of sin and because we live under the umbrella of sin that we were born into and then we participate in, that we will have a life and this life will be filled with trouble. That's one of the promises. This life will be filled with trouble. But God promises that he will be with us as we go through it, and he promises to make good come out of it. See, one of the things I think we're, we're guilty of is, is when we try to separate God's word from the Holy Spirit, we mistake the Holy Spirit for our feelings. And our our, 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 our faith then is, is rooted in our feelings, not in truth. Our, our faith is, is rooted in self. Our, our faith is rooted in, in the way that we feel, and we confuse it. We confuse our feelings with the Holy Spirit. That must be the Holy Spirit. No. See, and, and, and if we would actually take those feelings and then, and then run it through the filter of God's word, it'd be like, I don't know where in the world you got if you have enough faith that God's going to give you a good parking spot in Walmart, but that ain't in there. That's not in there. But that's what we do, isn't it? And then we don't get the parking spot, and we're like, <laughs> and, and, the, and the, the Christians who have gone down that, I mean, there's entire churches that, that teach that. The answer to them, they would, well, you just don't have enough faith. Well, that's reassuring, isn't it? See, <clears throat> here's my question to you. Is your faith dependent on everything is up and to the right? Is that where your faith is rooted? That if, that if I do... You know, if I do enough good things, if, if I have enough faith, and, and I think that faith might be a force, and so if I, I don't know how to create enough force, so if I squint my eyes hard enough and I, 
I think really hard, or maybe it's yoga, and I meditate hard enough that I can make God do what I want him to do. <laughs> doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Is your faith dependent, rooted in everything has to work out in to the right? So relationships work out. My bank account gets bigger and bigger. I don't have any troubles at work. Everybody gets along. There's zero conflict. See, there would be no health problems. See, if I just have enough faith. So let me, let me, faith is believing that God is who he says he is and he'll do everything that he's promised to do. He has not promised that he will heal you from whatever ailment that you might have. Hasn't promised that. So what I do and, and something that, that I see is, is sometimes it's like, if I have enough faith, then God will be forced to do this for me. But if he doesn't do it for me, then that must mean I didn't have enough faith. No, he will do everything that he has promised to do. So in the things that he has not promised to do, what I would do and what I would suggest that you do is that you go to your heavenly father and you say, God, my heavenly father, I know that you're able. That's the faith part. I know that you're able, but you haven't promised it. And so I'm just asking, would you be willing? And the, if the answer to that is no, in your sovereignty, then I will trust you because I know that you're good. And in the story of God, I know that you are good. And you will weave whatever it is that I'm going through into your greater story. So I'm trusting you, and I'm trusting your sovereign will. But God, I know you're able. I just don't know if you're willing. Would you be willing? See, he hasn't promised that you're going to have safe travel from point A to point B. So when I'm asking God for safe travel, I'm asking him if he would be willing. Most of the time he is, but there's some times, obviously he's not. God, I know you're able. Would you be willing? In the areas that are outside of his promises, that is the correct approach. See, <clears throat> sometimes we, we think if we have enough faith, then life will go up and to the right, and that was certainly not the case for Paul. He did not see it that way, and I want to share with you a narrative in Acts when Paul, the Apostle Paul, if you, you're not familiar with Paul, he, uh, he was a Christian hater, and then he became a Christian and became a Jesus follower and uh, planted churches all around the Mediterranean Rim, and, uh, and, and, and he's going into Philippi, and we actually have one of the letters that Paul wrote from prison to the, to the uh, Jesus followers in Philippi. But this is Acts, this is Acts, and in, in Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, this is uh, uh, the story of, of, uh, of Paul planting all of these churches, and, uh, and so this is the story when Paul and Silas and some others, and Luke and some others actually went into Philippi, and, uh, and, and, and we, we get to follow something that happens along with them, and, and their perspective, I think, is 
helpful for us to see. In Acts chapter 16 and verse 16, it says, One day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. And so they're just using her for money. And she is following them around, and, uh, and she followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. I really wish I knew how to say this. Whether she said it just exactly the way that I just said it to you, or whether she said, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Coming to tell you how to get saved. You need to get saved. You've been in some circles where like, oh, you, you get saved? Go down there to that religious thing. They're going to show you how to be saved. It's a joke. I don't know how to read it. But I'm guessing the latter, not the former. And the reason I'm guessing that is because this went on day after day until... Day after day, can you imagine day after day after day until finally, what would you do? <laughs> Maybe you would do what Paul finally did. What did Paul do? Until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. <laughs> He'd had enough. It became very annoying and instantly it left her. Well, she was free, but there was a problem. Because see, the, the ones who were using her to get money and to enrich themselves, all of a sudden her ability to uh, fortune tell um, was unfortunate. Let's just put it that way. So her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. So all of a sudden, there's a big commotion in town, and a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials were scared as to what to do, and so they're scared of the mob, and the mob rules like, I have heard this story before somewhere recently in the news. Anyway, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with a wooden rod. Okay, time out. Time out. Hey, God, um, say, <clears throat> I'm Paul, and uh, the only reason we're here uh, is because of you. In fact, we're here to serve you. We're, we're here serving you. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but um, that, you know, getting beaten is not exactly up and to the right. That's not up and to the right, God. See, this is not part of our plan. You're supposed to kind of smooth things out. We're supposed to share Jesus, and they're all supposed to go, yes, sign me up. And all the, so it's not working out. It's not working out, God, the way that it should be working out. But they don't see it that way. The officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten. 
So just put yourself there for a second. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Thinking, God, what, what's up with this? This isn't what I signed up for. This isn't following you. This isn't, I have all kinds of faith, but this isn't up and to the right. This isn't how it's supposed to work. God, how am I supposed to believe that you're good? Is this good? They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. Oh, this is really going well. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So what did he do? The jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Okay, I don't know. Time out. That just seems a little overkill. Doesn't it seem overkill to you? I mean, I would think murderers would be in the inner dungeon in stocks, but um, what did they do? They just simply addressed an annoying girl. Wow. So at this point, I want you to put yourself in this story. I want you to feel it. What, what are you feeling? The hits just kind of keep on coming. Well, we get an idea of what Paul and Silas are thinking. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. And I don't think they were singing super loud because when you have broken ribs, I don't think super loud actually happens. So I, 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 and I'm not sure that it was in tune. But anyway, it was some praying and wheezing. Praying and singing hymns to God. And now, the, those of you who are like, you're staunch on we, it is biblical to sing hymns. And we should sing 435, the first, you know, stand and we'll sing the first three verses of the first, second, skip the third, and you always got to end with the fourth. Um, those hymns are not these hymns, okay? All right? Different they did not have the hymnal that you and I grew up with, okay? Um, most of our hymns that we grew up with came from bar tunes. Maybe you didn't know that. Anyway, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing spiritual songs to God. And the other prisoners were listening. They're stunned. Like, who are these I mean, would that be your response? What perspective does it take? What, where does your faith have to be rooted in to have this kind of response? Because I don't know what you're thinking about God in the middle of your hits that keep on coming, but I'm guessing it might not be this. Well, suddenly there is a massive earthquake. And the prison was shaken to its foundations. So all of a sudden, I mean, there, there, there's, there's this massive earthquake. The, the walls are shaking. And they had to be thinking, this is it. I mean, we're, we're, we're going down. We're dying right here. The prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open open. 
and the chains of every prisoner fell off. And I'm thinking, if I'm in that situation, I'm like, sweet, I'm out of here. This is great. I, God, you're good. Now you're good. Before you weren't so good, but all of a sudden now you're good again. I don't know which one it is. You're good, you're bad, you're good, you're bad. Right now you're good. As long as we can get out of here alive. Well, then the jailer, whose sole job is to make sure that no one escapes the jail, and if they escape the jail, they didn't just fire you, they didn't give you the pink slip, they killed you. So he's thinking, he woke up, and he sees the prison doors wide open. So what he's, he's assuming everyone's gone. He's assuming it's over for me. He's assuming as soon as everyone finds out, I'm toast. I'm, I'm done. So he drew his sword, and he's going to fall on his own sword and just go ahead and do what they were going to do to him instead of them doing it. He was just going to do it himself. He was just going to kill himself. So what's Paul doing? Paul shouts to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. What? What? That doesn't even make any sense, like, what? So the jailer calls for lights, and he runs to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. I don't get it. I don't get a faith that is rooted not in self. I, I don't understand that. I, I can't wrap my mind around that. that, I, I, that that's that's mind-blowing to me. Anyone who doesn't have their faith rooted in self would would look so different than everyone else because everyone else's faith is rooted in their feelings and rooted in their self. And then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And I'm not asking it as a joke. I'm serious. Because whatever your faith is rooted in, that's where I want my faith. Well, Paul and Silas replied, believe in. Not believe that. There was a guy named Jesus. That's different. Believe in. Put all your weight on. Put all your confidence in. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and along with all of your household. And so they, they go on and, and they, 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 they shared with the rest of the household. And the entire household ends up putting their faith in Jesus. Now, if you've been around you know, these uh, evangelistic meetings where they want to save you and you, you go on down there. 
Good luck with that. Get you a little bit of religion. Maybe right now you, you would think towards the end of the service they do this. i just going to think right now. Are you ready? You ready to put your faith in? Something that's substantial? So at the end of the service, they always say every, you know, every head bowed, every eye closed. I would just say every head raised and every eye open. You want to put your faith in Jesus? Let me lead you in a prayer with your head up and your eyes open. Jesus, right now I put my faith in you. My faith has been in self. My faith has been in my feelings. My faith has been in, in circumstances. My faith and my thought of who you are is that if I have enough faith, that somehow you, you have to do things I want you to do. And, and so if I, could, if I could have my faith rooted in you and to know that you are always with me and you will bring good out of every situation that you bring me to, then right now, I, I want to put my faith in you. I believe in you, that you died on the cross for my sins, and God raised you from the dead. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If that's you, if that's you watching online right now, then I would love it if you would text this number and say, I'm in. I put my faith in Jesus. Would you text that number right now? As you're on Highway 30 waiting for that locomotive to come, would you text that number right now? Watch what they did. They shared the word of the Lord with the jailer and with all who lived in his household. And they all came to faith. And even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them. So he went from being against them to all of a sudden he is for them. I don't know what participation he had in their beating, if any of it, but certainly he was not kind to them. And all of a sudden, their kindness towards him has brought him to a place where they, he realizes that they were for him. And so he washes their wounds. And then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. They went public with their faith right there in the middle of the night. So he brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. The next morning, the city officials sent the police to tell the jailer, let the men go. And we don't know because maybe there was no jail left. We don't know if it's like, you know, we're going to stick them in jail until the mob goes away and then the next morning we're going to let them go. We don't know. But here's something that I do know. God's up and to the right is seeing people saved and seeing us mature. 
God's up and to the right is he is willing to allow us to go through things that maybe we're perplexed about, maybe we don't understand. But if we will have our faith rooted in him and we will, we will trust in his sovereign will and we will trust in his goodness and we will trust that something good will happen out of whatever it is that we are going through, God will leverage it for others to come to know him and for us, because isn't it true, the only reason you are who you are and the only reason that you are as mature as you are is because you've gone through some difficult things. If it was a cakewalk the entire time you have lived, you would not be nearly as mature as you are. We as adults, we learn on a need-to-know basis. So here's the bottom line. Whether we see it or not, Whether we feel it or not, God is working through the bad for good. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you. You know we desperately need you. So God, I I just, I pray for the person who is They've, they've, been, they've been knocked down. They've had so many hits, they're, they're, they're on the rear end. Part of them wants to give up. They may even want to kill themselves. They may not want to go on. They don't see the purpose. They don't see the good. They, they're not feeling it. God, I pray that you would help them to put their faith not in their feelings and not in the circumstances of life, but they would grab a hold of the fact that you are good, that you are with them, and that you will leverage whatever it is that they're going through, maybe to save others, but certainly, to mature them, to grow them. And so, God, I just pray that they would rest in your goodness and your sovereign will. I pray for us as a church that we would love people and walk with people as they go through the seasons of life that can be so difficult. pray in Jesus' name. Excited to ask you some questions okay. about today. Um, I have a friend that we were just literally talking about this yesterday. Okay. And so my first question is, how do you know that you're putting your faith faith in yourself or in your feelings? Oh goodness. Um, I think that uh, that when we begin to put our faith in our feelings, then we stop talking to God. We stop reading truth about God. We don't want to hear it. And we start running towards something that's destructive. So whether that's porn, whether that's drinking, whether that's drugs, whatever that might be, you start running to something to just simply numb pain. Um, you're probably putting your faith rooted in self and, uh,
And one thing I, I know is common to when you're, you're, when you're going down that path, when you're choosing that, is then somebody comes and says, well, no, put your faith in Jesus, but he's not necessarily going to make you happy. <laughs> so what's your yeah. answer to that? Yeah. So <clears throat> happiness is fleeting, but joy and peace are not. Um, so if I, if I can have joy and peace in the middle of whatever the circumstance is, and like the story with Paul, there's something there. It's like he had joy and the peace of, in the middle of, I don't know how God's going to leverage this, but I know that he's going to leverage it for his good. And, uh, and there's something, when, when you're in that place, the peace and the joy is... It's indescribable, and it's extraordinary. Well, and when you were telling that story, I had the thought, and I'd like to hear your thought on it, but it wasn't just him and Silas that didn't run away. It was the other prisoners, too. Yeah. And I'm like, was he, were, were they such an influence? Were they so magnetic that when they said, no, let's stay, that other prisoners yeah. stayed? Like when, when it says they were listening to them, um. I don't know what they were saying, but whatever it was that they were saying obviously was impactful to them. And Luke thought it was important for us to know that they were listening and that they didn't leave, which is extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just always thankful that God's Word is alive and active. And... I often, I don't know about you guys, but I often feel like coming and hearing what somebody else, what God's putting on somebody else's heart, how it's like, I don't know, I'd love to know from you all, comment if you, if you yeah. have this experience, like I came this morning and when he started talking, I was like, how did he know I was having, you know, and it's not you, but how does God know that that is what is, is one of the hits that's been coming is these kind of questions about mm -hmm friends following after themselves and just seeing the destruction of the hurt. Yeah. But so, I mean, that's where yeah. my heart was at as yeah. you were speaking today. And I just, I just know that God's word is alive and active. So, um, you know, if God used this in a certain way, we'd love to hear about it because it's just exciting to see how he uses that'd be his cool. word. If you'd comment, that'd be awesome. And if you put your faith in Jesus today, um, text that number 529-1331. And, uh, and just say, hey, I, 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 I prayed, I put my faith in Jesus today. We would love, love, love to be able to share with you next steps. So thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week here at The Crossing. Have a great week.